Hi, this is Freddie. Hi, this is Naomi. And, and this, this is We Got This. Hi guys, welcome to the first episode of We Got This. Um, we are really excited. We have lots of exciting guests lined up and the first one is the lovely Emma Gannon who's here with us today. Um, we, Freddie and I wanted to have Emma as our first guest because it was Emma's partly responsible for um, how we got this came into fruition. Yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, how did it all happen? So we, Freddie was launching one of her She Unleashed workshops and over wine, which we are having right now. Um, <laughs> we, um, um, we, I'm, I, that was the first time I'd met Emma and we were just kind of talking about, you know, some of the issues that, yeah, that we all kind of go through as women of this generation and kind of the anxieties and the um, kind of pressures and exciting things about kind of being women in tech at this moment in time. So when we started brainstorming who we would talk to, Emma was the first person we spoke about. So Emma, thank oh, you so much. so much. I didn't know that. Hey Emma. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny hey. because true to form, we've literally been spending the last 10 minutes talking about Snapchat. So, yes, yeah. we have. Rather, yeah. rather <laughs> fitting start to the conversation today. I, I mean, I've loved it for so long. I feel like everyone has, but now it's kind of, you can't ignore it. I feel like it's everywhere. Yeah, because I tried to ignore it. I kind of felt I like it was for teens, it. like sexting. And I was like, no, <laughs> this is actually like a legitimate thing right now. Yeah, and I feel like I get it now. Like before I didn't really understand what it would add to my, what I've already got going on. Yeah. Like so many platforms, so, so little time. Yeah. No one has time for another one. Exactly. And actually we all know that sometimes you don't want to like edit a photo, you don't want to be particular about what you put up and actually a stupid picture or video yeah. that will get deleted in like 12 hours. Brilliant. Oh yeah, I love the way you see it. Like now, because I realised that I jumped on that train very late and I haven't snapped chat, snapchatted in a while. And uh, but I love the way you, yeah, you really simplify it. I should go back. Yeah, it's like you don't have to really think too tough about it, do you? That's what I love about it. Here today, gone tomorrow. Yeah, and I feel like a, a certain audience will care what you're doing like, yeah. at all times. Yeah. Mostly like my friends and family and like a few randoms. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just really relaxing to sort of. Also, if you want to do like behind the scenes, like teaser stuff of you're not ready quite to reveal like a big project that you're working on, yeah, but like true. little secretive videos here and there but emma you are without a doubt like one of the reigning queens of social where did your kind of interest in social media begin where did that what was your so first social media platform um oh that's a that's a good one i think probably myspace oh. or msn or actually no it was bebo it was definitely bebo. oh my god oh, yeah, i've never had bebo. bebo what was your what was your account name Oh, it was, I think it was Ganzo. Ganzo, like 156 <laughs> like, yeah, like or something. Ganzo 2001 or something. Yeah. But it was, um, I was hooked. Like, I remember being really obsessed and my friends just like taking it or leaving it. They were like, yeah, yeah cool. Like, maybe I want a profile on the internet with my picture on and some quotes, whatever. Yeah. But I remember being hooked. Yeah. And I think you know sometimes when you're into something more than other people are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was that. And then it was MySpace, but I loved the fact that I learned like how to code my own profile oh and like my, oh add my God, I in, remember. like music and like change things around and like get new fonts and everyone's like, how'd you get that font? And I was like, well, <laughs> let me show you a little bit of HTML. That is um, hilarious. And yeah, just kind of. So you taught yourself HTML? Yeah, just, I don't know how. I think, yeah, I was really speedy at it. I just yeah. like code everything into place. And then that's what sort of led me to blogging a few yeah. years later. Like it was quite a, quite a nice journey. 
Yeah, so mm. what kind of inspired you to launch the book? Like, did you, what did you have in mind? What was the kind of, it's really hard actually asking that question because people ask me about that. And I think when you started so long ago, none of us really had a plan. Well, that's the thing. And that's what I find so nice sometimes, well, most of the time about how you get rewarded later down the line for something that you just find really interesting because I'm sure it's the same with you. Like when you launch a blog, you don't actually have an agenda. Yeah. You're not, we didn't know that in five years time, people would be like sending us freebies and stuff. Like yeah. that actually wasn't on the cards at all. Yeah. And it was sort of, like I've always scrapped booked when I was little and I, I would always be obsessed with like cutting out pictures and putting them. And I think when, you're, when you reflect back to when you were a child, all of those things that you like doing actually had a purpose at the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you were starting to be like a creative person and I'd like write poems and like write these diary entries and like write lyrics of songs. And it's like, that is <laughs> the actually- The precursor for blogging. Yeah. yeah. And now like, what do I do? I like interview people and write little things and opinions on things and book reviews. And it's all sort of along the same lines. I've yeah. always done it. Um, but actually the reason why I kept up blogging is I worked in PR in like yeah. 2009, 2010. Yeah and blogging was on the rise. Yeah. I'd had a blog, um, and then I kind of saw where some of my other friends who had blogs were going. That yeah. was like early days still, even then. But I could see it was a starting to be a bit of a thing. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad, I'm glad I stuck with it. Because what I love so much about what you do on your blog is that, the, and just you even on social media, is that you cover such a wide spectrum of things. It's not just fashion, it's not just lifestyle, it's kind of a one-stop shop. Like now, I don't even, you know, go on many websites. So I just wait for your newsletters to come in. I'm like, Emma's kind of done the hard work for me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and like social commentary, feminism, it's like, so have you always had that kind of broad spectrum of interest and wanted to kind of put that forward on the blog? Yeah, definitely. It's always been, um, you know, like the tab across the top has always had like eight different things that I cover. Yeah. But actually for years, like I'm only reaping the rewards of that now for years I felt like the odd one Mm. I felt like I wasn't a fashion blogger I wasn't a beauty blogger yeah I wasn't like a book reviewer and a lot of people had like a real set niche and that paid off really well for them yeah they would get the call like come and do this thing because it was like well that's that's what you are like you're in a box and I just felt like I didn't have a box I felt like I was a bit of everything a bit of a like mismatch and that at the time was like not the dumb yeah. thing yeah. is like best practice is to have a niche and like yeah. you know be a th- one thing and do it well and I'm such a jack of all trades like I just do everything yeah and now I've realized that you can't force yourself to be something you're not yeah and if you do have loads of different interests then that's fine and blogging there you know there's so many trends of blogging like at the moment like if you're not posting a pastel color like a mac- picture of macaroons and like <laughs> blossom and you know like a croissant in a posh restaurant like you're not worthy yeah but actually it's okay to have a blog and just make it completely your own and the flip side's happening now so the reason why people are interested in me all of a sudden is because i'm not the same yeah and isn't that such a nice thing now that the more unique you are the better it's so true because Fred, you, we've had countless conversation about this, how you always say that you never wanted to fit into that niche of mm. being a fashion blogger. Do you feel like you've kind of been pigeonholed and had to kind of break away from that a bit? <laughs> I think I'm trying. I'm very trying. Some people definitely want to pigeonhole me to fashion blogging, but I think these are mostly the people who, you know, like just follow my images and don't really read the captions and they just like my outfits and that's about it. But then, I don't know, I don't do, 
all of like it's funny like Emma was saying earlier like she was at that event and it was like this bunch of bloggers and they were all taking photos and I've stopped taking photos of my food <laughs> because even when I was doing it I felt pressured I, like I don't think I ever liked it like, yeah I've always been embarrassed <laughs> I think that's such a thing of our generation that you start off doing one thing and then you get pigeonholed like whether yeah. it's blogging or whether it's just a job yeah like I've been a social media editor at a magazine for years and now I'm having to come out into the world and be like, that's not just what I do. Yeah. Like, I'm more than that. Like, I'm doing this, this, and this, and this as well. But people, I think, always put you in a box. And that's why I think it's so brave when you do change careers. Because you have to go out in the world and, like, explain who you are again. Yeah, like, it's such a... I think it's still a new concept. Like, because I think first, the box is, like, that's the human filing system. That's how I refer to it I now. like that. Human <laughs> filing system. Yeah, it's, I'm stealing that. Definitely. Yeah. That was in the intro. You should know. <laughs> no, I'm joking. But yeah, like the, I think that's, but also because it's only very more recently that we are just, just being every woman, really. You're just like, I want to do fashion blogging, but I also want to do confidence consulting. Oh, I want to do this as well. But I think the classic way of, you know, like your careers, like so far has been, you start a career and you stay on that path and you just make the normal evolution on that path. So then essentially you're doing one thing and like the same thing within the same. Yeah, it's like the, it's like the consistent thing is you. Totally. And you don't change, like you don't as a person change That's that why I love those headlines where it's like the ultimate multi-hyphenate. And it's like, who now can afford to just do one job? Like you do yes. photography, you do like editing, you do like the days of just being like, I'm a makeup artist or like I'm a stylist or I'm a design. Like you have to know all of those skills. Like even yeah. PR, like you need to know marketing now. Like the days where you just had one job and kind 100%. of stuck with it. You would never find yourself in the same job for like even five years now, really. It's yeah. quite rare. Um, but I, like all my parents' generation, they've all had the same job for like, they're like, I'm getting a voucher for my 40th year. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, oh my God, that is just not our reality anymore. Um, so what's your job title, do you think, now? If, like, if you were to give yourself a job title? I struggle with this so much. That is my, like, nightmare question, Freddie. No, it, I, I find that, um, like, my bio and, like, my sign-off on my emails is just mm. getting longer and longer and longer. <laughs> it's like, writer, blogger, author, podcaster, newsletterer, like, events organiser, marketer, PR. Like, what is going on? But I feel you just have to, like, boil it down to a few things. Because, ultimately... PR is a very established profession. You know, you made the segue into social media before it really became a thing. What made you feel confident enough to kind of leave what was a kind of a dead cert of a job to kind of go into the unknown? I think when you're at a massive corporation, some people sometimes they can't move quickly enough. Yeah. And it's not a bad thing. And I think working at a corporation can be amazing. Like you get the perks, you get the pension, you get the salary, you get the security. And that is some, like a lot of people love that. Um, so I'm very cautious not to go waving the banner of being a freelancer because it is for a certain type of person, yeah. not mm. for everyone. But for me, I had to get permission to do something from like 10 different people. And by the time I'd got permission, it was like, we'd missed the boat and yeah. I'd have to get something signed off before tweeting it. And it was like, but it's trending. Like yeah. I, I needed space to just do something, launch something, get it out there. Yeah. That is the beauty of blogging. Like I can, um, I can write something on a topic and get it up on my blog in half an hour. And that's the thing that's getting retweeted. Yeah. Yet the company I'm working at has missed the boat. Yeah. It's like, what is happening? Why is there a breakdown? down there and I think as well it was the fact that 
I didn't want to just do one thing. And yeah. actually, when you are in a paid job, they expect that one thing of you. Yeah. And you can't just go off and do things willy-nilly if you have a boss. So for me, like, you know, I launched a podcast in under a week. Like, I designed the logo in an evening. You know, <laughs> I, I relaunched my blog the other day and it took me two days. Like, I think if you want to kind of be the leader of your career, you really have to do it yourself yeah. at this point. Um, maybe in the future, companies will sort of downsize a bit or they'll get quicker at sort of updating themselves. But if you think about it, some companies have been around for like 50 to 100 years. They've worked so hard to get all of that structure in place. And then you're coming in as a social media editor, who, which is a job that's only been created in the last five years. Yeah. And they, you know, it doesn't, you can't just tag on a new role to an existing company like you can't be like right hi everyone i'm a social media editor and i'm just going to tag myself on the end of your structure it's like no no no. like that role needs to be in the heart of every decision you're making yeah um it's not just an add-on so that's where for me it just wasn't working out what were some of the biggest changes that you kind of saw over the from when you first started yeah i guess the main thing was making sure that we didn't miss a trick when something really exciting was happening. We just mm-hmm. made sure it was on every single platform, but in like a really thought out way. Yeah. So like, how do you take an amazing cover shoot, for example, with a secret amazing celebrity mm-hmm. and like tease it out in the right way, get people excited, like do a countdown. Do you want video? Do you want GIF? Yeah. Like, do, do we want to just make it a print thing? Do you want to live tweet it? Like it was all of those massive decisions. And the way I've always thought about it and the way I've always like pitched it to my editors is like, the print is one platform and then we have eight other platforms yeah and like for me like pinterest as is as important as the website but for like lots of different reasons so if you treat everything as the same and the content is like the really important thing about how you then produce it on all these different platforms that's the strategy yeah and most people would just be like okay we've got a print magazine we've got a website and then like social stuff <laughs> but it was sort of like well no maybe we don't want to put that in the magazine and we want to put it on snapchat yeah or maybe we don't want to put it on the website at all and we want to just get views on i don't know vine like it was just making sure that everything was really exciting and like innovative and cutting edge and also it's not just instagram feeds that are blurring into one like some women's magazines are looking quite the same yeah. on social media. So it was just making sure that, you know, whatever you were doing, you knew what magazine you were on. Um, which yeah. is why I really, uh, I loved working at the debrief as well. Yeah. That was my job before Glamour. And um, we had like a manifesto printed out on the wall of like who we are on yeah. social media. So it's like the words we wouldn't use, um, like all of the words that we would use, like who we were, like who the girl was that we wanted to reach. And I just felt like the tone of voice was really amazing. For that brand yeah because it must be really tricky because i guess you're setting the agenda and for the the whole tone and you have lots of different people feeding into it mm. so yeah it must be quite tricky to kind of manage that when you're a blogger and you have your own like personal brand thing going on like because i know who i am and what my tone is and what things i don't really comment on and things that i really do comment on a lot it's sort of all of those things you don't realize that i just I just feel like if, if someone has a really popular website or blog, like they should give themselves so much credit for that. They've not only launched something off the ground, but they've, just, they've written their own tone of voice. They've made it look good. They've done their social media strategy from like day one. Mm-hmm. Like all of those skills, you know, you can do that for any other brand really. Um, and you've kind of built it up like grassroots from the bottom. Um, so that's what was exciting about the debrief and that was also what was really exciting about Glamour. It was sort of working on a startup and working on an established brand and all those skills could yeah. be used in different ways. Mm-hmm.
question. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, you know, like, uh, I totally can relate when you say it's a bit difficult when you work for, you know, some companies that have been doing things a certain way for so long and then you come in and you talk about the tone of voice, etc. So now that you are on your own, so what are your new challenges that, you know, like, that you didn't have before, but yeah. you definitely have now. I think, well, number one is that, um, so I've had like a proper job um, for like six years. So I've actually only been on my own for like two months now. Yeah, I know. And I remember so much had... happened in two months, like so much. Because like, when we met. The amount met... of what happened last year has happened in two months. It's mental. Because when we met, you just handed in your yeah. notice. Yeah. And yeah. I had dinner with you the day before your last day. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, but it, you know, it's really scary because what, as well, another thing that I was sort of overcoming emotionally was that working for Glamour is awesome. Yeah. Like, that's cool. And it's an amazing place. I love everyone that works there. I have so much respect for all the editors. Like, it's a great place to work. Yeah. Um, so, how do you justify leaving, like, your dream job oh, on yeah. paper? And it's hard because, come on, let's face it, we're all relatively young. I had the same feeling when I left Metro. It's like, that yeah, was the job. Grateful. That is the job that I was like my ultimate job. Mm-mm. But I came at, I became an editor at 22. So it's mm. like, what do you do when you're not even 30 and you've hit the pinnacle of what it is that you wanted to do? It's, yeah. it's that thing where you're like, okay, I'm ready for the next challenge, but I kind of didn't plan beyond getting this dream job. Like, yeah, what do so I do next? now? Yeah, that was totally what happened to me. And it was almost like, how have I got here already, A? And also, B, like, how have I sort of worked on these projects in my spare time that are now taking off? So it was like yeah. the side hustle. Like, yeah. in my bio for my blog, it's like, my blog is not my full-time job. I do it at the weekends. Yeah. Like, I, I'll only email you back when I have time. Yeah. So it's like, well, how... If that's growing and it's only... A few hours of the week imagine what i could do with a full week like that's what i was thinking mm. but you don't know until you're there it's whether so that will work true. because was it always once you started to have that traction like when did you start to think like actually this really has legs like i could potentially this could be like my full-time job i think it was it's hard to know because realist like in reality you'll get like a, a good week of emails yeah all offering you loads of money and <laughs> yeah. all these shiny things and, like glamorous things and then the next week we'll go and i'll be like refreshing my inbox like <laughs> oh right there's nothing there <laughs> yeah, so it was yeah. almost how can i just quit my job if it's so like yeah. up, up and down so um i think it just got to a point where it was becoming very steady and it yeah. was actually like i was getting opportunities every single day and it just got to the point where like as you guys know as like fellow entrepreneur like business owners now like if you can invoice invoice someone for like two hours work and that's how much you would get in five Mm. days in the office it's a no-brainer that you need to start invoicing people for your time yeah and just getting out of the office and making it into a proper job and in my mind I always thought you know I didn't get I didn't get into social media to sit on the tube for three hours a day and it's like if I can open the lid of my laptop and start working yeah I just need to be on my own yeah um but it's so scary and I don't know if you guys felt the same but it was the paranoia of walking into a room and someone going so what do you do and just being like uh uh, uh I'm doing this and this and this instead of saying hey i'm emma and i work at condé nast like because that sounds better yeah and it's getting over that sort of paranoia of like socially 
having to prove yourself. It's so, so tr- long, oh, sorry. <laughs> it's so true because we were having this conversation earlier when we we're talking about said bloggers taking photos of their macaroons and all wearing <laughs> the same outfit. It's like, I feel like, I feel myself even doing it. The term blogger or like, you know, influencer or, mm. you know, social media expert just seems like it's been bandied around so much that you feel a bit icky using it. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, it's when, you introduce, when you introduce yourself, it's like, I'm a social media expert. It's like, it feels like everyone has that on their Twitter oh, handle. 100%. Guru, and it, guru. You know, and you, just, you just, yeah, it's hard when you've come from such an established brand name to be yeah. go out there and just be like, yeah, this is what I do. Yeah, 100%. And also... I think when you have been doing something from the very beginning, like you've come quite protective over certain things. It's like, you know, I know that having been working in social media for like six and a half years and, you know, like we, I launched the Facebook page for Dove, for example, and that now has like 30 million fans. I was like in the trenches, (laughs) like in the trenches, like launching that page and like writing all the copy for it. And it's like, I just feel like I was there at the time when it was growing. And now for people to think that, having sent 10 tweets they can advise a brand it's just there's something like i feel like some people are getting a really bad deal at the moment yeah and they're just sort of hiring someone um or just being like my 12 year old son says we should do this and it's like mm, i know that he that like younger generation are really good at instagram it doesn't mean they know like from a yeah. business perspective like what you kind of need to be doing but yeah it's it's a really scary time and you know those sort of like blogger chats that happen on Twitter yeah. and you see like 250 of the same sort of blog like yeah. you know it's it's fine it's just what it, why is that okay now to just be the same as everyone else yeah like I'm not going to read 100 blogs that are all reviewing the same Rimmel lipstick it's like so I want to read a blog that is totally 100% about one person who really interests me yeah but you were really clever that throughout your time in employment you were really still working on your personal brand because I think you know we all work really long hours we've all done the slog when you're working in these big corporate things it's so easy to just be like yeah I am you know Freddie at ASOS or I am Emma at Glamour or Naomi at Metro and you can be consumed by that identity yeah how did you kind of have that wherewithal to be like do you know what I need to keep my personal brand going yeah I have always not got too involved It's like, I've always been at a company, not really, I I haven't been in it, like really believed that I'm in that company. Like I've never sort of like worn the badge and be like, I am this company. Yeah. I've always kept a little distance and it's not that I didn't do a good job and it's not that I didn't like throw myself into the brand. It was just that doesn't define me and it never has defined me. Like my blog defines me or my personal projects define me, but yeah, I just could never, I guess I could never just like Give label that. myself with someone else's brand that they'd created. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know where that comes from because no one's ever told mm. me to keep a distance from that. But I really understand though. I can definitely relate. But I'm, like, I think I'm a bit different because like I've never had a job for more than a year. Like, <laughs> no, me neither. I just get bored. I'm like, bye. <laughs> like honestly, like even I love at some point, I, like <laughs> I remember. Like, I'm done. I remember, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember one day, like I applied to the other job for a company, like through a recruiter, and they came back to me and they were like, "No, they think that you've been moving too much. They just wonder what's wrong with you." And I'm like, I just get bored. But you know, like I've always been intimidated by these people who are really breathing in the brand. You know, they're just like, "Oh wow." you know like they're just going to do like extra thing like at the weekends they're going to feel very involved with every single thing but 
kind of always been meh, you know, like that's not. Yeah, <laughs> but, but I, I think <laughs> the myth of like having loads of jobs for under a year being a bad thing, I want to bust that myth of Hopefully. that being a Thank bad you, thing. Because it's not, bad. it's not a bad thing. I think back in the day that was a thing yeah. because it was the norm to yeah. work somewhere for like eight years and then leave now it's not the norm so for someone to look at my LinkedIn and be like oh she's only been there eight months oh she's only been there nine months that's because the like it, it I did what I could and then I was repeating myself so I wanted to leave like yeah if you've done everything that, that you yeah. can can because I always think I don't want to kind of do the same year again. Like how, how do I, I learn from I think that? it is a real generational shift because I look at some of the places that I've worked and you have journalists that have been in the same job for 14 years. And I think I can understand the generation they were in. Like, yeah. yeah, you got that job, you just stuck with it. But I think we're like that multiple tabs open generation. Like, like keep <laughs> it moving. Yeah, <laughs> keep it moving. The moment it's not pushing you or interesting you, yeah, you just yeah. gotta you gotta keep going. Yeah, and I think it's definitely a generational thing that we invest differently. So like, I'm not investing like in a pension. I'm not investing in an old school kind of setup. Like, I'm investing in things that matter to me. Yeah, and I'm not investing in a handbag. I'm yeah. investing in like my skills. Yeah, and it's like I think we use our time differently now. Yeah. Um, I just think we can see we can just see so clearly that you can work in a, such a different way. And th- what really annoys me is when people think you're not working as hard because you yeah. don't work the nine to five. Yeah. Because I, I feel that you can work 24 seven. Like I work, we work all hours of the day, but because you're not physically sat at a desk, no one sees it. It is a thing that I seriously struggle with. I'll be like on the phone to her and I'll be like, oh my God, but like I want to go to spin, but then I feel really bad because like I'm not at my desk. She's like, no, it's a lifestyle choice. You've been up <laughs> since 4 a.m. Like, yeah. if you are not at your laptop at 3 p.m., it's okay. Yes. But you guilt trip yourself into being like, do you know what? Actually, I just want half an hour to watch like something on Netflix. Like, that's okay. Yeah. 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 Oh my it's god, it's the same. Yeah, it's, it is hard. It's just, like I started a year ago to be on my own, and at the beginning, I remember I would be sitting at my desk, showered, <laughs> ready by like eight a.m. and otherwise I would just feel nervous if I wasn't doing that mm. and then at 5 o'clock I would be like okay fine but actually I work better in evening so then I started my day at 11 and then would work until 7 but I feel so bad and you feel so guilty when you take breaks and stuff like mm. I think it's very it's like it's very difficult like everyone seems to think oh yeah well good <laughs> yeah but, but actually but I actually yeah. thought myself that I'd have a little bit of a break at the beginning like yeah. a kind of a week to like get myself you know kind of in gear to be this freelancer I was like well maybe I can watch Netflix like on a Wednesday yeah. afternoon like this is gonna be amazing and it was just I'm shocked at how much I'm worth like more I'm working <laughs> yeah and I'm just like what happens like why have I done this because it's 11 p.m I've just looked at the clock and like I'm still mm. deep in emails yeah because what um, was your first week like so you've handed you've, you've had your last day you know, Monday morning. How oh was like God. your first week? Oh my God, it was week? like, hi Emma, just seen the news. Yeah. We want to get you involved in this. Yeah. Like, it was straight in. I'm so grateful that I made a transition in this way because I've been really transparent about it. Like, yeah. I think people were like, good for you. It's not like I'm trying to con people and be like, well, I'm doing all these things. It's like, no, I've been very, and I think it's having a blog means I've been quite open about the fact that I've been so busy having a full-time job and a blog. I get so many emails being like, how do you do both? Like, yeah. when do you sleep? When do you do your washing? Like, <laughs> what the hell is going on? Yeah. Um, and I'd reply being like, 
I'm actually burning out. Like I can't handle all of this. I'm spinning plates. Like I just, I need to make a decision soon. So when the decision came, everyone was like, oh, cool. We yeah. knew you'd do it. <laughs> that yeah. thing. Um, I also have a mentor, well, kind of like an unofficial mentor um, who works at Twitter. And he always gives me really amazing advice. And like, we'll always go for a drink and he'll just, you know, he's very senior there and really amazing. And he's just really interested in my career development. And yeah. he's just awesome. I love and that. he was like... I knew you'd leave. I knew you'd leave there. You were always going to be on your own. You just needed to know when the jump was going to be. Yeah. And someone said to me the other day, and this is a quote that I really made sense to me. It was, um, "Your career only makes sense in hindsight." It's so true. So whilst you're on your career, you're like, "What is going on?" Like you're zigzagging mm. all over the shop, and then in hindsight, everything that has all led made to this sense. moment. Yeah. Yeah. So now I'm like, oh, well, what a neat journey I've had up until now. But yeah. at the time, I was like, what am I doing yeah. every day? What am I doing? Where is this leading to? Um, and if you're really confused at what you're doing, I think have a little look and see if you can work for yourself. If anyone yeah. listening is, is just not sure where they're going. And, you know, people always say, like, if you don't want your boss's job, then, you then just leave. leave. And I never wanted my boss's jobs, ever. See. Yeah, no, that makes so much sense. So you you said about mentors. I think that's something that everybody's talking about at the moment. How do you how did you go about kind of meeting, getting this mentor? How that's does that amazing. Work? Well, yeah. I don't. I wouldn't. Necessarily, I mean, because it's, it's not it's not official like scheme or anything. But it's just, I think what I I think what I've done quite well. Like I can actually say I've done well is that I do feel like I've got some really great connections. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. never been like with an agenda. It's just kind of. You know, if you're if you're into social media and you've always been into kind of talking to people and you know chatting about things, like I've just made this sort of like web of really great people that I've just known and met all along. And also having so many different jobs and so many different careers means you literally end up like getting to know like the whole of <laughs> yeah. the industry. Yeah. It's like oh her again. She's yeah. In this other job now. Yeah. Um. So I think make making sure that if you meet someone amazing at an old job the job wasn't for you but stay in touch yeah and just stay in touch with people who you've met along the way who've offered you help because people are really nice and people want to help you um and to have you know like a 40 something year old guy in the industry who or whoever it is but someone older or someone more experienced or i've got another sort of unofficial mentor who's a, a girl she's sort of the same age as me but she's done a lot in sort of like books and publishing and things like that so it's just making sure that you ask people for advice because although I'm just navigating it alone things seem to be working and not working it is good to get someone who can just like look at it from the objective yeah because sometimes you're so involved in what you're doing you're so like caught up in your yourself and what you're doing that sometimes you just forget to look in from like a bit more of a sort of realistic approach it's so and true to zoom out like zoom you out. need to zoom out sometimes yeah you need to yeah. totally zoom out but that's what i think is so exciting about this time that you know mm. all of us are kind of navigating these kind of you know uncharted waters at the same time you yeah. know it's you know whenever i have a question you know you, you've always got someone that's kind of been there done it yeah and you know and and that's the thing with i was saying earlier upstairs that having other women doing similar things is so so inspiring and so great because I feel that we're not all the same like Freddie always says like you can't ever compare yourself so therefore your journey is just your journey but I think when like powerful women come together that's like insanely powerful and that's how I feel about you know the IRL panel is I've launched that with a friend you two work together so well it's sort of you're just multiplying 
what's it's getting, cute. Yeah, yeah, it's just definitely just making something that's already amazing even better. But I think a lot of people would think, well, why why would you partner up with someone doing something so similar to you? You know, don't you th- see them as competition? And it's just there's room for everyone. Yeah, and I read. Uh, did you read that article about Shine Theory? No. By a, or um, a writer in America, but Shine Theory is basically like. Um, you see a woman who's really successful and instead of being freaked out by her, befriend her. Yeah. And it's just about the fact that you can all be amazing together. So true. And it's a really amazing article. It's basically based on, um, like, Beyonce is, like, everyone's best friend. Yeah. And it doesn't make you less of a person because your friends are Beyonce. Yeah, Your so friends true. are Beyonce and you're both amazing. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. no, you don't really have to be really... threatened by anyone, basically, is the, yeah. is the message. I need to read that because this is something that I definitely say to people. Like, like if you're jealous of someone, just befriend that person because it's obviously some of her magic yeah. that that you're drawn to, and yeah. you know, like you just want to be around that. But I yeah. think there's room for everyone, and and I think I, I think as as women, I don't know if it's totally a gender thing, but when you reach a certain amount of success that you're happy with, the next thing that you want to do is just be like. Hit, like you just want to sort of reach out and then like bump everyone else up yeah it's yeah. like you no one ever wants to just be successful and then revel in success that yeah. like i i mean i maybe some people do <laughs> maybe like donald trump does yeah. but <laughs> i mean like if you're a nice human being you you achieve what you want to achieve but along the way and afterwards your next thought is like well how do i get more people people to do this it's so true i always say that to help somebody else it it does not take anything away from you and especially because so many of us are working in a similar space actually the more of us that are doing amazing things we're actually stimulating our industry the more there'll be you know Mm. opportunities there'll be but i don't know about you guys but i feel like as people that are so on social media like on a good day like i am like yeah I've got this. <laughs> we got this. We got this. Yeah. And it's, you know, I'm like, you know, feeling myself, like Beyonce style. But <laughs> other times, because you're on social media so much, you know, you do have that thing where you're like, oh my God, this person's just doing this. Like, I'm a total slacker with my life. Like, what am I doing? And it can be hard sometimes yeah. to be like objective and be like, okay, five minutes ago, you were loving life. You saw yeah. someone's Instagram and now you feel shit. Tunnel like, vision yes. is what you need. Yeah. Tunnel, yeah. Vision. Like, Tunnel vision. What do you do? Tunnel Especially vision. as someone that spends so much time online, you can see what everybody's doing. How do you have that, like, yeah, tunnel vision, like, I know what I'm doing, so stay on course. How do you deal with that? I think for me, if I'm being brutally honest, I don't look that much. I look at my friends. Good. And I had a massive cull last year and i and the mute button on on twitter is 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 lovely explain well it means you don't you don't unfollow someone you just mute them i like that so i'm not offending anyone just by being like do you know what i'm i I like you i love you you. love you but i can't know what you're doing right now (laughs) um i'm gonna turn a blind eye to to your project (laughs) no it sounds awful i think when someone's like a really close friend you you let them off the hook more so like i've got a lot of best friends who are all bloggers and all doing amazing things and i'm like good for you like genuinely i can't ever not be happy for you because that would make me a terrible person but sometimes if it's someone you don't know that well and they make you feel bad, shut them off. Yeah, it's true. And like, just shut it down. Freddie, I might shut you off. <laughs> what? No, 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 no. <laughs> I can't even try to put me on a 
smile. You're I the one. I might shut you off. But on another hand, like yesterday, I uh, filmed a video about tunnel vision and how important it is. But I don't think that I'm confident enough to publish it <laughs> because hey, tunnel vision is not working so well. And I'm like, hold on, how does she do videos? How does she do videos? Like, it might just as good. So yeah. No, yeah. No, I really believe in tunnel vision. But I, I, no, 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 I believe you have in switching to, yeah. it on and off. Like sometimes. Yeah. When you're feeling great and you've just completed something you're proud of, turn it all back on and kind of tune in with the real world, of course. But during your creative time, because back in the day, if you had to write a book, you'd shut yourself off in a room and you'd write a book. Yeah. Like you wouldn't, you can't refresh Twitter every five minutes if you're, like you can't be a creative person and create something you're proud of if you're constantly like aware of what's That's going so on true. in your peripherals. Um, so for me, I think it's just making sure that during the act of making something I'm proud of, shut it all off during the time when you're a bit more relaxed. Cool, what are you doing? Oh, amazing, great, great. Well, that's, <laughs> that's so good. Sorry. <laughs> that's an actually brilliant segue into this book that we're all very excited yeah. about. Oh, yeah. Tell us, how did it come into fruition? When did you start working on it? Uh, so that all happened because working on social media, like we've said, can be quite draining. Yeah. Um, but I found that I was drained because I felt like I was doing so much, but nothing was like actually solidly happening if you make yeah. sense so it'd be like oh my tweet had like a lot of retweets today what does that mean <laughs> what, are you, what are you creating with your life like i don't care if my selfie did well like i need to be making something that will actually like have value yeah um so and i just I felt that you can yeah and i for of. me i just needed something like working on social media is great but you, it all you know yesterday's it's transient lovely yeah. tweet yeah. is today's you know yeah. Well, I'm trying to make that. <laughs> no, like, like, you're onto the something <laughs> there. You're onto something, and you need to go back home and write it, and just like put it somewhere because you're yeah. onto something. I know. That's the thing of being a writer is like you're, I'm not overly articulate in like words. I'm I just like I need to go back and edit that. <laughs> but um, I think the court's coming. Yeah. That's but what you know matters. what I mean. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yesterday's papers. <laughs> yeah. Today's um, fish. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I felt like everything was just sort of not really staying and like I wasn't creating something I was like really really proud of and like yeah it was not tangible or physical so um I just really had this urge to just kind of stop being this like millennial cliche who was just sort of like drifting around and just at least for me not for anyone else just create something that could like solidly stay and be bought and shared yeah. and live yeah. on yeah. um so yeah I just I got the idea for the book um I was I was so busy at the time and I went to Australia and I on that flight I basically like forgot my phone oh my phone was out of, out of battery I forgot books I didn't have um, like any podcasts like I, I just had nothing to do and I was just sat on the plane like having a bit of an anxiety attack that I wasn't doing anything and I just got an idea and it just all happened and I always say that if you need to take a break take, take a break because yeah. you will get you, like your brain just will relax and things will come to you and you know when you're like half sleeping and yeah. you sort of start daydreaming yeah. and you're in that like weird halluc like you're kind of hallucinating a bit and looking out the window and you're yeah. like you're just in a dreamlike state and I just started having all these ideas it was yeah. amazing I wrote it all down I just had this idea um and then on Twitter I basically looked through like who was following me and I, I wanted I wanted to see if any literary agents were following me and like loads were I hadn't realised, I had loads of people following me. So I um I messaged some of them and met up with some of them and then I, I met Robin, who's my yeah. literary agent now. She's amazing. She's really young as well. She's like 20, she's our age, like oh in my her God. 20s. So um, how long did it take you? Um, So I got her, so I got, I wrote the proposal in about a month. Okay. Um, For a non-fiction, you basically write all the chapter summaries and then you write 
um, three chapters in full and then when you sell the book you have to finish it yeah. that's only for non-fiction for a novel you have to finish the whole thing and um, I sent it to her I, I thought oh god it's really unfinished she's going to laugh at me she was like I love it um, yeah. I'll help you tidy it up and we'll sell it into a publisher and it all happened so quickly it's like two months or three months later you really? Yeah. So, how, like, so how, like, so how would you arrange your time? how did you so did you so did you have to wait till you have ideas or every day you were like I'm going to do 10 pages today I blitzed it I'm like I'm one of those people that will just I'll just take so my laptop you... to a cafe tunnel vision you didn't sleep I just coffee just coffee coffee diet it. just did so it someone, the post, someone that's like social I'm so surprised that that's the way you work do you know what I mean you'd think you'd be able you've constantly got like these tabs open the fact that you can just like block it all out and just blitz it yeah mm-hmm. but but then I, I use um that. I use that one that Zadie Smith always talks about um I can't remember what it's called now. It blocks social media from your laptop for like an hour or two. But I just schedule I schedule some tweets to my blog. Yeah, that's of course. Yeah, like, that's that's what people true. always think that everyone's online the whole time. I don't think people are. No, you schedule yeah. things. Like, yeah. That's very true. I, I don't schedule everything, obviously, because you know when a tweet is <laughs> scheduled. You're yeah. like, mm, that sounds weird. <laughs> you're yeah. not in real time. Um, so I think, you know, I'll just schedule a few things to my blog just so people are clicking through, just so I'm like covered. Yeah. And then, yeah, switch it all off. So what can people look forward to um, in the book? Control, Alt, Delete. I think it's for me and for hopefully for other people, it's just seeing me writing in a longer form for the first time. Because okay. I'm like, a, I'm a, I write blogs, so they're like, what, 700 words a piece. Yeah. Um, and it's always like, you know, little point being made and then tweet it out and, you know, short form piece of writing. So I think for the first time, someone's going to be like, oh my God, like you've written a whole chapter, you've written a whole book. Um, That's totally different from blogging. So hopefully it's just kind of someone seeing me in a different way. So for someone who doesn't know you though, what sort so of like things they are you get, they, on? So what are they get is um, for someone that doesn't make, so I think it's for everyone the book it's not um, you know it's not just for a certain type of person or a certain age which mm-hmm. is really good um, I think the universal themes so we cover things from so it's it's all about sort of 90s internet and all the like retro nostalgia of sort of social <laughs> networking before it's time and that. then it sort of leads up to the current day so it's all chronological um, and it's all a story of me growing up, but also the internet growing up. So, Like pre- your piece in The Guardian, I love that. Yeah, so that piece was basically the premise of the book, um, that I was on the aeroplane and I saw that the internet had been created in 1989, or the World Wide Web had yeah. been like, um, invented in 1989, and I was born in 1989. So I was like, well, how, how cool is that, that I'm as old as the internet? And Taylor Swift. Why did Taylor Swift have to steal my I name? Know. <laughs> I know. I wanted to it. call it that. I was like, she's robbed oh, my she's SEO. Just... Um, <laughs> so that was it, really. And I think if you if you have a bit of a like one-liner idea, like just run with it. Um, so it's called Control Alt Delete with Penguin Penguin Random House, um, and you can pre-order it on Waterstones and Amazon at the moment. Um, it's twelve ninety nine, but I promise you, it's worth every pound, <laughs> e- even if just for the cringe factor of the book. Can we cheers to the book, please? Oh, thanks, guys! I'm so Thank you. Woo! Congratulations, no, well done, you, We're so excited, and that's Thank a you. great way to actually move on because when she's not blogging and having an amazing newsletter and an author. Emma has launched an incredible panel event that you guys really need to know about. So how did how did that happen? Tell us a bit about it. Yeah, so IRL panel is a in real life networking event for women who probably really like each other online and they just an opportunity for people to meet in real life um, offline. 
So yeah, we launched at Twitter HQ in February, I think it was, or March. God, I can't remember now. Uh, but we had 100 women in one room. We sold out in 66 minutes, which was nuts. Oh my um, God. We trended for two hours on the night and I left buzzing. And I know a lot of people left buzzing. Yeah, I did. We had, um, I think, about 12 blog posts the next day of people writing how much they loved it. Um, we've had a lot of interest from a lot of different channels who want to grow it with us. I think it's just kind of it's it's an event that I wanted to go to and yeah. I think you know when people always say like write the book you want to read it's kind of well no one's doing it I'm not going to just wait for someone to launch this event like I've got to launch it with a friend Laura uh, Williams who has a book coming out as well and who you met on Twitter yeah who I met on Twitter so it, it was so <laughs> fitting and like I met Freddie on Twitter yeah, they we met Twitter. on social Twitter. media so it's just um, the fact that if me and Laura came offline and became best friends off Twitter imagine yeah. if we got a hundred women in a room yeah like loads of people are swapping numbers and meeting up for coffees instead of receiving emails isn't it it crazy because Fred and I talk about this all the time about the power of that female friendship and just kind of feeling like you're in it with people it's like when we met for the first time, like I kind of was like skipping away, feeling like, yeah, empowerment. I girl could have, I, I could have cornered you for like five Seriously? hours. I was like, yeah. and, and just brush the surface of what I want to say. And to I her. guess what we do is so solitary. It's so nice to be able to vibe off other people in yeah. that way. Yeah, and also you get ideas when you chat like with, with other women who are doing things like that, or um, or other men. Don't want to leave them out. Um, <laughs> but it was just for that for that event. It, it was important to be all women, just because. I felt like the conversation in that room could be limited to things that only we could really discuss in detail. Like the next yeah. panel is about female friendship. And that is so obviously unique to being a woman, but it's that intensity. We talk about relationships breaking up, but we don't talk about friendships breaking up. That's, that's Freddie's favorite line. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but that was my, yeah, like, so, <laughs> like I've always said, and I think, yeah, but like, I think I, we talked about it before, and I was like, we don't, and that's so true. We don't talk about friendship enough, but talk about, romantic relationships yeah. too much but your friends like that matters so much they say that you are the average of the five people mm. you surround yourself with well, but yeah. definitely like that's my go-to topic because my life has changed since i've chosen the good friends mm. so true yeah it's so true but i mean female friendship is like it's kind of a romance sometimes isn't it because you so I, f- I felt like infatuated when i first met laura i was yeah. like i love her like i'm <laughs> obsessed with her and it wasn't you know in that way but it was it was you, you're so close you're so, so close, close to your female friends so when you fall out or when things it happen hurts or, more than or a when breakup yeah no, it can crazy. it so can and you know you can get a bit bit jealous of each other <laughs> and or all sorts of complications go on so um so yeah it's it's just a forum to talk about things that are really close to our hearts Emma, thank you thank so, you so much. much. I feel like we could sit and talk about all of this for hours. Me too. I, I wish I could just stay all night and have wine with you two. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, but you have some fat we'll people to go and interview, so you can't. We have Emma, an thank, to you. Have thank you. So that's perfect. Yeah. Well, good luck with your podcast. You, you two are the power <laughs> duo. <laughs> <laughs> we love but, it. but honestly, I want to say also like very, very pleasure to have you on our first podcast. Um, thank you, thank you so much for and coming. Always, we can follow. Emma's podcast yeah so my podcast is called control alt delete which is the same name as my book and that's available on iTunes at the moment so subscribe and you can also follow Emma on Twitter Instagram girl us in the city so my darling Emma thank you so much good luck with the book with the panel with the podcast with Twitter (laughs) with the blog with everything with everything you got this 
We, we got, got this. this. We've got this. <laughs> <laughs>